reach for the sky, boy. Rolex work. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Doing the Favor Does Sports. I'm your host, Eric Brown. You can follow me on Twitter at EricBrown740. But, of course, always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching at Doing the Favor. With me, as always, sexual intellectual, double H, Husky Heartthrob. You know who he is. The homie, Barry Frost. Barry, how you doing, buddy? Falling out, dog. Negative 22 today. It was 10 degrees here. I was not happy about that. But negative 22, yeah, that's that's not good. But somebody who didn't have to deal with negative 22 today, down there in San Antonio, Texas, uh, man, he was on a couple weeks ago, and we were thinking about guests for this show. I was like, you know what? I had such a good time talking to Deontay. Not that I didn't have a good time talking to Drew or anybody else, but me and Deontay communicate throughout the day when these games are happening, so I know what he's kind of going to say. So I thought that I should share it with the world. And so welcome, Deontay Saunders. Deontay, thank you for coming, homie. Thank you for inviting me back. I appreciate it. I got a bunch of great uh, reception from last time being on. Uh, you know, I told you Gramps ha- has some words for you, but uh, <laughs> happy to be back at Talk Some Sports, man. Now, what did Gramps have to say? Uh, he, was, he wasn't too happy about your Pete Rose comment, and he said, you, Mr. Frost, cuss way too much. I, I apologize, Gramps. I, that is absolutely, uh, that's just something in me. You know, that's as Eric will tell you, I uh, I use the F word as a transition. So it just it just happens. Well, you know, fucking I was over here at the gas station. I saw who's there. there and we started talking and fucking, you know, they had this thing. Yeah, that's how it goes. It's not like to emphasize how bad he hates. It's just a transitional word. It just flows. It keeps the conversation going. <laughs> but I'm happy Grandpa enjoyed the show. I know that one day, uh, maybe we do a Brown show. Maybe we can sneak him on sometime next year. You know, I'm sure he might have some stuff, stuff to say. Oh, during 100%. The, uh, off, during the offseason, one of the ideas I have is uh, we're also going to talk baseball, basketball, that good stuff. But football, I think, is kind of our main thing. And I kind of have the idea of having different people, different fans, different fans of different teams on the on the show throughout. Talk about the offseason, maybe leading up to draft. I'm sure we get Rocker on here to talk about the Cowboys. RJ on here to talk about the Bills. And so on and so forth. But yeah, we can get all that popping. But I think that'll be fun. Rucker's times are limited. I'll tell you who is happy right now. And that's our friend Nick Haddix. Why is that? Nick Haddix, born and bred Cincinnati Bengals fan, has lived through his entire life. We're going to jump right into the uh, reviews right here. We're going to go first game. Bengals, Titans. Bengals the four seed. Titans the one seed. Some people are calling (laughs) this the lamest one seed they've ever seen. Uh, Derrick Henry was allegedly coming back. We didn't know what that meant. Uh, obviously, Cincinnati came off the first playoff win since 91. Were they just going to be set, satisfied with that or going into it? You know, what was their what expectations going to be? We'll start with you, Deontay. Um, what did you see? Um, what I saw is a Titans team that didn't really look like a one seed. The Bengals hung in there, but defense is what won them that game. Joe Burrow definitely kept them in there, and of course, Jamar Chase is great. But we got to remember, Joe Burrow didn't throw a touchdown in that game. Uh, The defense had three interceptions, and overall, the Titans just, they couldn't do it. 
However, if they had a better quarterback, they probably would have won that game. Ryan Tannehill threw them out of that game, in my opinion. Barry, your thoughts? Uh Tannehill, to me, some, you know, you had to tip passes and things like that. And then some of his throws were horrendous, like Deontay said. Um, the Bengals were up, and then Titans put up 10 straight, and you're like, here it is. The the Bengals are going to collapse. And then that, de- that defense hung in, defense, and Burrow did what he had to do, get him down the field, and money Mac. Evan McPherson, he says, let me holler at you, and says, I'm ending this shit. Ball game. You know, I got to agree with a lot of what, what Deontay said. Tannehill did throw them out of the game. You guys give Cincinnati a lot of credit because they made the plays to win in winning time, the interception, the, the big third down, the chase, or whatever it was, to get them in field goal range, and McPherson making the kicks. Uh, Burrow was sacked nine times. Your defense yeah. gets nine sacks and you lose a playoff game. That is rough. And Joe Burrow doesn't throw a touchdown pass against you. Now, he was 28, 37, 348, did a lot of damage. Threw a pick, but it was off a tip pass. Uh, QBR was 28.2, which I'm guessing gets crushed with all the sacks, but the quarterback rating was not bad at 93.1. But Tannehill's the one that jumps out at me. You're talking 15 at 24, mm. 220. Uh, a tud, three picks. Uh, QBR 10.4, a rating of 66.7. And I, you know, it's revisionist history at this point. It's easy to say Deontay Foreman maybe should have got some more looks. Yeah. I know that, I know that, you know, Derrick Henry's the king and he's your money man. And, but the reality of the situation was he hadn't played football in three months and you didn't know exactly what that was going to look like. And to me, Derrick Henry is a guy who he's going to come, 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 come long run. Yeah, and that's that's how it happens. And then he yeah. wears you down in the fourth quarter. When it got to the second half of that game, I think he might have been a little more wore down. Yeah. And he wasn't able to as impose his will as what he normally does. Um, AJ Brown's a dog. Five for one forty two on nine targets. Jamar, obviously a dog, five one oh nine, no touchdowns on six targets. The T got more targets actually with nine. He had seven for ninety six. They have two Great receivers, and I think Tyler Boyd's a very good receiver. But if I someone think, told you, hey, you're going to sack Joe Burrow nine times, and he's not going to throw a touchdown pass or run for a touchdown, if you're the defense, you're like, I will take that. <laughs> I will, sure. That's a dub. And I, you end up losing that game. That is crazy. To me, I think a sneaky thing I saw in that game that people aren't talking about is Mike Braverall out coach Zach Taylor. Yeah. I thought, I, I thought the scheme for Tennessee was going in. They just Tannehill just threw him out of the game. Yeah. First pass of the game, first pass of the second half, last pass of the game. Yep. All interceptions for him. Crucial moments. That's crucial moments, right? Crucial mom- three momentum swinging. Yep. Moments. The beginning so of the game, the the start of the second half when you need, you know, to get something going, and then that that closer. <laughs> But I, I can tell you, I'm here. I'm here in Ohio. I'm in Central Ohio, pretty split between Browns and Bengals here for the most part. I say a little leans a little more Browns, but now I'm seeing these Bengals fans are loud and proud. They're excited. They have not been here a long time, and there's something different about Joe Burrow, man. He is the fact that he got sacked nine times and kept coming, right? Yeah. I think that speaks. And the NFL, you're only gonna be as good as your quarterback, and you can tell. Everyone on that team, everyone in that organization, everyone in that fan base feels very good going to every week because they have number nine on their center. 
Yep. Yep. So that's and Tennessee does not. I made the comment. Uh, I'll let you run with this a little bit, Deontay. I call him a tall Baker Mayfield. You know, he has a running game. You got to give him a running game. You got to give him great receivers. You got to give him a play action. So many things have to be right for him. Now they have somehow gotten this far, got that far. They did with the one seed. Mike, I think that's a lot of that's with, with the injury stuff. A lot of that's culture, what Vrabel brings in, things like that. But, you know, that stuff doesn't win you playoff games. It right. might get you to the playoffs, but it's not going to win you playoff games. Do you want to tell you what you think? Um, it's very similar to what I would say is uh, with Mike Zimmer and the Vikings. You know, Vikings were in the playoffs for a lot of years, but we know Kirk Cousins isn't a number one type of guy. He's not that type of quarterback. But everything went right around him. Zimmer coached well to get to the playoffs. But then when they got to the playoffs, either Cousins threw him out of the game or the coaching didn't take enough chances that they should have. And uh, it's the same situation with Tannehill here. Um, Tannehill is going to be here next year because his contract is ridiculous. Brutal. So they're kind of they're stuck, you know. And I, I feel like the Titans are going to be in a similar situation. They're probably going to be in the playoffs as long as Derrick Henry comes back healthy and is playing like he did in the beginning of the year before he got hurt. You are, have AJ Brown, then you're you're okay. You know you're gonna win enough games to get to the playoffs, but you're probably gonna be a first round out. Yeah. Barry, final thoughts on the Titans for move Yeah, I agree. Again, another year of uh, underachieving. I mean, Derrick Henry misses how many games? How many weeks? And he's still, you know, top top ten rusher. I mean, yeah. my God. I mean, if he doesn't get hurt, I mean, it could have been a different story. Um, they, He just takes so much off of Tannehill where when he was injured, it kind of exposed Tannehill and his faults. And you're, you're out. I mean, he can't lead you consistently week after week in the playoffs to wins. And that's what happened. And they don't have an out of his contract till I don't have it in front of me till I don't think after 2023. So I think that's actually two more years of Tannehill yeah. at 30 million a year. So I'm assuming AJ Brown's going to have to get paid. I'm assuming Julio's not going to be long for this world, but they have a, a very interesting offseason. I think they're going to, I like, I like, I do like Deontay for I like they do run the ball, but yeah. I, I feel like, the, like Deontay said, they got a ceiling with Brian Tannehill. And that's just that's the way it is in the NFL. We all root for teams that have question marks at quarterback, so we, I think we can all kind of relate there. All right, next up, this is a fucking wild one. Uh, San Francisco, Travis Lambeau play the Packers. It was there was some weather, it was cold. Yeah, something that Green Bay has always said they want. They got the perfect conditions. West Coast team coming to Lambeau in the in the in the conditions, and they could not get it done. Special teams let them down. I thought the passing game was offense was mediocre. Uh, they didn't run the ball well. They did the Pittsburgh thing where they basically throw the running backs. That's their running game, and they end up blowing the lead. And they led the entire time except the end of the game. And San Francisco won thirteen to ten. Deontay, what you see? Um, I saw a really ugly game. Um, it was a defensive battle with both ends. Green Bay's defense played well. San Francisco's defense played well. I believe Rodgers got sacked about five times. They kept mm-hmm. getting to him. Um, but it's it's the story here isn't the 49ers. It's definitely Green Bay. Um, as a guy who's the MVP, more than likely going to win MVP, who was supposed to 
win the Super Bowl or at least make it to the Super Bowl. He looked terrible. Looked really, really bad. Um, he Up until I want to say it was the fourth quarter or either late in the third, the only actual receiver he had thrown to was Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams had all the targets. No other receivers had targets. And it wasn't until about, I believe, the late in the third, that's when he finally targeted Alan Lazard, who caught one pass the whole game. If you look at the receptions, it was Aaron Jones. I'm looking Devontae at it right Adams, now. You're, ab- and, you're absolutely right. And Lazard. That's so you're what not going to win a game like that. Aaron Jones, 10 targets, Devontae, 11, then Lazard, 1, Lewis, 1, Cobb, 1, Degira 1, and then Dominique Daphne somehow had two targets. That's it. And those were l- later in the game. If you When you watch that game, Rodgers leaned heavy on Adams, which I know he does in the regular season, but you still see Valdez Scantley. You still see Lazard, all these other guys he has. I know Valdez Scantley didn't play, but you, you see those other guys he goes to. This game, it was all Adams, all Adams, all Adams. And when you're the 49ers, I know Adams got nine for 90, but I mean, if you if you you can get to Rodgers, you play your secondary on Adams, then you're not Aaron Rodgers isn't going to win. Barry, what you say? I see Lily Bug, Lily Bug. What are you doing, Lily Bug? Say hi. You say hi. Say hi, Husky. Hi, Dashie. Hi, hi, Lily Bug. Say hi, hard body. Hi, Bunker. <laughs> <laughs> That's Deontay. Say Deontay. Deontay. Yeah, Deontay. There you go. <laughs> Atta girl. All right, you go see your mom, okay? Say bye. Bye. Bye, Lily Buck. Sorry for the run and bury you. Obviously, you can edit that out if you want, but I know Absolutely you won't. Absolutely not. Lily Buck <laughs> makes run ins every, every show. Uh, um, 10 o'clock, she's still not in bed, though. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> No, um, out here, this everyone was looking for this. Everyone was looking forward to it. Um, listen, Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers throws the ball 29 times, that's an L. He was 20 for 29. So, literally, Aaron Jones, nine catches. Devontae, that's 18 catches right there. I mean, 18. So, two other receivers caught a ball. You're in trouble in Green Bay. <laughs> and one of, the, one of those guys fumbled it. <laughs> Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're in absolute trouble if that's the case. And, dude, I mean, when you sat there and you – if Green Bay gets that punt off, they win the game. Because the only other quarterback the whole weekend that made Ryan Tannehill look good was Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. He looked. He played as bad as you can fucking play, and so beat Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and beat Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that is insane. That their defense d- did business. I mean, they hooked it up. They tore it up. And I and I said, if Nick Bosa's playing, that's a problem. I mean, he can wreck havoc, and he did. I mean. You got a doubling, and so that leaves other guys one on one, and they're going to get there. And um, what was the play? Nick Bosa? This will show you he's a film junkie, and it makes me sick to even give these guys credit. Oh, the high state players. Um, as Rogers did that, st- his little step up where he likes to take off, and Bosa played right there, and then boom, he was down, 
and it counted as a sack because he was he went down behind the line. And even I think the announcers are like, that's like his marquee play. That's his go-to play. And Bosa was like sitting there waiting for him to do it and took him out. But they get that blocked punt. They score momentum swings and Green Bay goes three and out, I think. And that's the ball game. Robbie Gold, who uh, about to go back, but because uh, I just seen these videos, but in Dallas, this man is kicking warm-ups during introductions and cheerleader fucking dances. Mm-hmm. That is the level of disrespect. Robbie Gold, it was Young Hoku was my favorite kicker. Now it's Robbie Gold. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, again, it was a crazy, crazy game. And how the 49ers won, I don't know. And we've talked about it last the last couple of weeks. The two hottest teams is San Francisco and Cincinnati. And I don't know if you want to play them right now. Either one. I mean, that's a chore. I know Green Bay is the story, the story, and I think Deontay did a great job of covering that. So I'm going to do it a little more the other way. <clears throat> I am very impressed with the San Francisco 49ers, despite of Jimmy G. Jimmy G's trash. That The way they find a way to win, Elijah Mitchell only has 17 carries, 53 yards. You're handing the ball to your number one running back three times in a row late in the game to ice it. You're not, I'm sorry, your number one wide receiver, Debo Samuel. That guy is next level. He brings a whole new dimension. He is the modern wide receiver in my book, somebody that can do it all. I mean, he only had three catches of 44 yards on four targets, 10 carries, 39 yards, all that, but all those yards mattered. And a big kick return. I mean, he does it all for them and brings some swag. I, I love him so much, but the story for the San Francisco 49ers is that front four. Uh, when you can get home in the NFL with your front four and don't have to bring a lot of exotic blitzes and things like that, you can just drop those rest of these back. You're limiting a guy. I don't care how great you are, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, whatever. If you're getting those guys off their spot with four, you're you're ahead of the game. And that's what they were able to do. And Nick Bosa, I know there was question mark whether he was going to play or not. And then he went out there. And he looks like uh, the Incredible Hulk. Yep. I mean, he is a machine. And I'll tell you what, he is the better of the Boses. We had both of them in Ohio State. I watched them both in the NFL a lot. Nick's the better one, I think. I, think, I do think your boy in uh, Washington's better than both of them, though. I Chase do think Young. he can be better. I do think Chase Young can be better, the Predator. We love him here. But, yeah, so to me, that was a story. They just they play wild, and they went up there and beat Green Bay in their own game. And that's – Deontay said it was a sloppy game. That's exactly what the 49ers wanted, a yeah. sloppy mm-hmm. fucking game where they had – where all of a sudden you look up at the end and they had a chance. Yeah. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, how do these guys even have a chance? Jimmy G, 11 of 19, 131, four Oof. sacks, QBR of 11.9, a rating of 57. And one. <laughs> Beat Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> He's going to the NFC Championship game. <laughs> Imagine smiling after Smiling on the field after like he did something. Po- posting pictures from when he was little, like with ripped jeans <laughs> and shit. Like, are you kidding? One of my favorite things about uh, some professional sports teams, I, I feel this about the Bengals too, is I call it um, um, just being oblivious. These guys don't know they're not supposed to be doing this. Yeah. You know? Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, they don't know they're not supposed to be doing this. I'm sure people will tell them, but in their mind, they don't know. Debo Samuel doesn't know he's not supposed to be in the NFC Championship game. So it's I, I love everything about the 49ers. I love the attitude. I love Kyle Shanahan. 
I thought he outcoached Matt LaFleur a lot. I thought the scheme, what they did on defense was great. And I love what the 49ers are doing. The fact that they're even in the NFC Championship game is a minor miracle because we weren't talking about them a whole lot during the season. No. Right. Well, next round. Who are they going to be playing? Who are they going to be playing? Who, the 49ers? Yeah, who are they playing? Did you see me not doing the transition there? I was giving you the transition, dog. Beautiful transition there. Oh, my God. Moving on to Sunday, and you go, who are they playing? There it is. You know, who I, are they? I don't think we're going to get there, Barry. I don't know, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Moving on to Sunday, the early game, the 3 o'clock game. You have the Rams traveling to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers, and this was a fucking hilariously wild game. I had a, such a fun time watching football on Sunday. I had a fun time watching football on weekend, but this game was just hilarious to me. Rams jump out 27-3. to three. Buccaneers come back and tie it. Cooper Cup breaks a couple people's ankles on the last possession of the game, and they fucking <clears throat> kick field goal to win the game. Probably shouldn't have won. Blew a twenty, blew a twenty-four point lead and won. The NFL is an unreal place. Deontay, what you see? There's a couple things. One of them is that the more teams need to be like the Rams. And what I mean by that is, the Rams basically said, "Screw draft picks. Give me good players." And they went out there. They beefed up their defense. They got Matt Stafford. Way better than Jared Goff, because I'll tell you, if Jared Goff was in this game, they would have lost this game. As soon as Tom Brady came back, you think Goff would have been able to stand in there and make those throws to Cup? No. More teams need to be like the Rams, because while, sure, they may not have draft picks, you know what a draft pick is? It's not guaranteed, but you know what is guaranteed? Future Hall of Famer Von Miller. You know what is guaranteed? Matt Stafford, who will be in the Hall of Fame, because he's going to have the stats. This was a phenomenal game. I picked the Bucks originally to win, but the Rams showed me that not only can they beat a goat, but they could. They're going to go in there. I think they're going to, you know, spoiler alert. I think they're going to go in there and dominate the 49ers. But uh, Cooper Cup, he's a bad man, bad bad man. He wasn't doing this with Goff. He was solid with Goff, but 183 yards on nine catches and a touchdown won you the game beautiful i love they it. say there's they say there's two guys the first two to arrive in the building every day and they watch film all day together that's yep. great that's the stuff is like as a football nerd as someone who like i can't break down film like a lot of people do but i do love looking at it. i do love hearing people break it down i kind of have an idea what i'm looking at that is phenomenal shit dude and the fact that you see it pan out on the field is fucking beautiful uh barry what did you see uh just like deontay said i mean the rams dominated for three and a half quarters. And then it's like, oh, and then I even messaged you. I said, the fix is like this shit, it, it has to be fixed. Like it's got to be rigged. And then the Rams get the ball back. And the first play they run is a Matt Stafford fucking quarterback snake up the And I'm like, and I, I think I was talking about, I said, what are they doing? I was like, Brady is on fire right now. And you're just like, we're going to overtime. And then Matt Stafford's like, no, let me just fucking throw two darts and we're up out of here. And I, I mean, insane. And what poise under pressure, I mean, under fire, when you've done nothing and all the momentum is just gone. It's on Tampa Bay sidelines and you just are like here. Psst, psst, 
piss missiles, as Eric Brown would call them, down the field. And here we are again, another game-winning field goal with four seconds left on the clock. Game bells. It was beautiful. I mean, it really was. Matt Stafford, 20 of 38, 366. Two tutties, two sacks, QBR 67, quarterback rating 121. Brady, on the other hand, 30 of 54, 329, but he led them back. One touchdown, one pick. He got sacked three times, low QBR 14, rating 72. Uh, I thought missing Godwin was just so tough for them. I really did because Mike Evans had 16 targets and Gronk had 11. I don't know if Gronk's at a point in his career where you want him getting 11 fucking targets. So that, that to me, I thought losing Cup and then obviously the whole AB thing was insane. But Leonard Fournette's a dog. Uh, Cooper Cup, nine catches, 183 on 11 targets. Odell, six for 69. Nice. Along of 28 targets. And that's just, you know, that that was the game. And that, to me, was the game. The fact that they they only sacked Brady twice because he gets the ball out so quick. But Vaughn and Aaron Donald were back there raising hell. Uh, wow. These Cam Akers fumbles need to get cleaned up a little bit. That was an issue. The well, you two got turnovers. Michelle back there. Like, yep. what, yeah. What do you do? Well, that you know, I always thought that was an interesting dynamic for the Rams, right? Because, you know, they, they lost Akers in training camp. They, they bring in Michelle late, but they pretty much roll with Henderson all year. Yeah. He was productive. I, I mean, I didn't even fantasy. He was very productive all year. And then Michelle, they start splitting carries a little bit. And then Henderson goes down. And now Akers is back. And Michelle, So it's such a weird, to me, like, that was always been kind of a weird thing the Rams are doing out there. But... That take away from the fact that they do have, I agree, Deontay, a future Hall of Fame quarterback they brought in, and he, dude, who's probably waited his whole entire career to make those throws. I have been like kind of in on the Rams all year. I bet if you go back and listen to our picks, I bet you I pick them a whole bunch of times because I'm just, I'm in on McVay, I'm in on Stafford, I'm in on Cooper Cup. I like the Odell addition. They would be scary if they had Robert Woods right now. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I. This game was fun as hell to watch. And third game in a row, the ended on the last second field goal. And how, how can you possibly top three games, last second field goals? How could you possibly top that? You know, this is what he does, Deontay. He fucks up, and then he comes back with a super strong transition. You see what he did right there? <laughs> that's that's what being the GOAT's about, baby. Came back with a vengeance. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. I picked the Chiefs. I'm sure a lot of people did. Kansas City won 42 to 36 in overtime. I don't even know where to fucking start. Uh, Mahomes was 33 of 44, 378, three tuds. Josh Allen 27 of 37, four tuds. Uh, this I thought this is the Achilles' heel for both these teams was their quarterback was the leading rusher for both of them. Josh Allen 68. Mahomes 69, nice. The whole Buffalo wide receivers thing was insane. Now, I was fortunate enough to play Gabe Davis and FanDuel. God bless him. Eight catches, 201, four tuds. Uh, then you got Stephon Diggs, only three catches for seven yards. And they scored 36 points. That's a wild fucking game. Tyreek Hill was, again, another cheat code. 11, 150, a tud. Uh, on 13 targets. Travis Kelsey, 8 for 96 in a tut on 9 targets. Uh, I was a lot to fucking talk about here. I don't even know what to fucking say. The Bills take the fucking lead with 13 <laughs> seconds left. The Chiefs run two goddamn plays. One to Hill, one to Kelsey, and 
get a timeout with three seconds left to get it to overtime, win the coin toss, take it down. Kelsey touchdown, game over. <laughs> Josh Mah- Josh Allen ties the game. There was 25 points scored in the last two minutes of this football game. I mean, this is fucking – This that was the best playoff game I've ever watched in my life. I wasn't alive for the old Dolphins, Chargers, carry Kellen Winslow off the field game back in the early 80s. I wasn't around for that. This is the best playoff game I think I've ever seen. Deontay, the floor is yours. You're right. It's it's the greatest football game I've ever seen. It was absolutely nuts. Everything was just crazy. And if you talk to someone that didn't look at the score, that didn't look at the scoreboard, and you said, hey, Stephon Diggs had three catches for seven yards, they would have said the Bills lost that game. Well, they did lose, but narrowly. The fact that Gabriel Davis had 201 yards, he was always open. Defense couldn't lock him up. But my big takeaway is, what is the Bills' defense doing with those, in that 13 seconds? If you look, they were playing way deep because they were, I guess, figuring Mahomes was going for a touchdown. They didn't play underneath, and that cost them. If they played underneath, I, I think the Bills would have won this game. I don't think the Chiefs would have got that last field goal in. They wouldn't have made that pass to Kelsey or to Hill. See, my thing with that is, like, they were covering the boundaries. But why would you do that when they got three timeouts? Exactly. You're leaving the middle of the field completely open, which is why Travis Kelsey looked at Mahomes like, yo, if they do that again, I'm going to run down the scene. You hear him say, I'm going to run down the scene. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. All you got to do is catch and fall. Give homeboy, what, a 49-yard field goal, whatever it was, to tie the game? And Bucker's got a big leg. That was – and then you go back and hear the tape, Barry. We're, I'm sorry, I'm running off. We'll get to you. This – uh, uh, inside the NFL or whatever it is, where they basically or- they drew in the dirt the last two plays. Yep. With 13 seconds left in the game, there's no that has to be. Listen, as a Browns fan, I've suffered some brutal fucking losses in my life. Brutal losses. Deontay, you made that tweet about the Broncos uniforms today, and I said they ruined my childhood. That's no bullshit. My first football memory is the drive. So <laughs> like, I remember that shit, right? But that is you. Th- I mean, you're up three with 13 seconds left. You think you won the game? I think when they ultimately fucked up, and you could hear it in Romo's voice when they did it, when they kicked it off out in the back of the end zone. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Oh God! If you could at least take three, four seconds off the clock there, that would be. And then you force Mahomes to just basically take a shot and get a timeout. I, that to me is that. I, I don't know. I'm I've never. I'm not a special teams guy, but to me, like, you want to take a few seconds, a squib or something. Right. Barry, I'm sorry. Go ahead, buddy. What did, no. Everything you saw. Yeah, no. Um, like I said, those last plays, I mean, uh, Ty, hits Tyreek Hill on that slant, and he just literally outruns, splits defenders, Dude. waves, waves as he splits them. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, I'm gone. And then, and I'm sitting there going, that's it. Like, that's the game. And then Josh Allen's like, no, hold, hold on a second, dog. I'm going to hit Gabriel Davis for the fourth time score and i'm and you know there you're sitting there like this is unfucking real and then i at the press conference you know kelsey like you said is like i'm i'm going down the middle they get in that defense again and yeah. Mahomes gets up and you can hear him say he goes do it do it do it hike and down he goes and then andy reed had the better quote when the the reporter says, you know, when things are looking grim, he said, I told him, go be the Grim Reaper. 
Are you fucking serious right now? That's so cold. <laughs> like, you go take it. Just go take it from them. And any less any other team Buffalo's playing right there, it's over. I mean, it's a wrap. But you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. You're playing Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. And fucking the, the dude makes magic. And listen, and Eric, we were talking about this off the air. I mean, weeks ago, people were going, they're done. It's time to it's time to restructure here, get rid of somebody. You know, it's it's over. And these dudes are sitting here knocking on the AFC championship door oh. again. Oh, I was called a moron for saying the Chiefs aren't done. Yeah, I was, you know. But as always, you know, everyone's smarter behind a keyboard, right? Absolutely. <laughs> everyone's smarter and more balls behind a keyboard. But it, you know, it's whatever. They can be they can be wrong. But this was oh God. I felt so bad for Josh Allen. Uh Deontay. Yes, sir. We have to look at overtime rules. Right. Uh I I know it's been tossed around a lot. And maybe it's me just I don't I don't think they should change it. Now would it be more entertaining? Of course. You want to see Josh Allen duel with Patrick Mahomes, but you have a defense that needs to make a stop. Thank In you. thirteen seconds. Exactly. If you're so I mean, you're gonna tell well, me. Even overtime, like Deontay's saying. It, yeah, exactly. Like saying. You, you say like people there's so many people on Twitter crying saying Josh Allen didn't get a chance. Well, he had multiple chances throughout the game. The defense could have stopped Mahomes and then given the ball to Josh Allen, and then Josh Allen could have went down and scored. So it doesn't it's not all about offense. You need a good defense. These are the same fans that if the tables were turned, they'd be very happy with the overtime rules. And you wouldn't hear a peep And Josh it. Allen right. even said, Hey, if if the roles were reversed, I'd be sitting here celebrating. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's and it Josh also, Allen's like like a beast. I mean And you know, we, we hear so much about player safety, right? They hear about it all the time. Player safety, the CTE stuff. Yada, yada. Well, not yada, yada. It's very important. It's very real. You're already adding regular season games. You want to add a whole other quarter to football games and then screen player safety? And it's basically, you're going to get, I mean, it would be great to watch. I guarantee it because defenses who have been on the field the entire fucking game are going to be fucking whooped. The Bills, you give them 50 possessions, they're scoring 50 touchdowns against that Chiefs defense at the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So that to me was that. But yeah, I mean, any other thoughts on this game? It was uh, legendary. People are going to talk about it for years and years. Yeah. Must suck to be a Bills fan. You guys got any more thoughts? Uh, only other thing I could say is I know this loss is tough, Bills fans, but you should be excited because you got another decade of greatness coming. Yeah. So. And listen, I, I posted on Twitter, the Scott Norwood curse is is alive and well, baby. Alive and well. And I'll go ahead and say the Browns should have drafted Josh Allen. <laughs> they should. Have. And he, he had thrown nine touchdowns and the postseason record is 11. And this dude possibly had two more games. I mean, that's crazy. All right. We're going to do a little conference championship preview here as my daughter is still awake. She loves them. What time is it, Barry? It's a uh, 9:14 my time. It's uh 10:14 10, 10, my time. Your time. 
and she's still awake, but that's okay. She wants to be a part of the show, so we'll let her. We're going to go ahead and preview the conference championship games. Um, off the top of your head, Deontay, when was the last time Washington football team was in a conference championship game? Never. My, you, said my fo- you said my football team? Washington football team. I watched them football team. Yeah. When did I watch them or when was the last time they were there? When was the last time they were there? I want to say it was what, when Doug Williams won? No, Mark no. Rippin, dog. Oh, Mark Rippin, right. Okay, Mark 91. Okay. Uh, Barry, last time your team was in the FC Championship game. The last time the Giants were? Yeah. 2011, dog. Uh, Browns was 1989. a boy. We lost to the Denver Broncos. Marty Schottenheimer was the coach. Bernie Carzar was the quarterback. And then the uh, Broncos went and got piss-pounded by the 49ers, like 55 to 10. That, that happened. Joe Montana was the MVP. But we are going to preview first the AFC Championship game. We have the Bengals traveling to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. This has the makings of a fucking legendary football game, I think. Uh Line, you got Kansas City minus seven. The over-under is 54 and a half. Um, this gets your picks on both those, by the way, All, both, both you guys. Uh, Deontay, what's going to happen? What do you think? And give me your picks, man. Um, I'm going to go. I've, I've been riding with the with the Bengals. I'm going to pick them to get the upset. I just love Joe Burrow. It's what I want to see personally. And with the way that they've been playing, I feel like they're going to they're gonna come in there prepared. And after that high of a win that the Chiefs had, you know, they could catch them slipping. You know, we've seen that mm-hmm. a lot of times with teams. They have one of those epic games, and they end up getting caught the next round. So I'm going with the Bengals. I, I, it's going to be close, though. I think it's going to be another field goal type game um, or maybe a, you know, four or five point game. But I'm, I'm going to roll with the Bengals. Joey B's going to get it. Jamar Chase, I think, because we don't know if uh, – Honey Badger's going to play because he had that concussion. Right. And that's going to so be huge. really big. So, you know, Jamar Chase might be able to light him up. How do you feel about the over-under? Um, 54 and a half. I'm going to go over. Okay. I like it. Um, Barry, what do you think? Yeah, that, their first meeting was 65, 34-31. Uh, the Bengals got, what, eight, nine plays from the one-yard line. Finally got that field goal. Uh, I said last week, whoever won that Bills-Chiefs game was going to the Super Bowl. Chiefs, I think uh, this is revenge for them. They they did not forget what happened to them against the Bengals. There's no underestimation. And I, I actually think this is where, where the – the buck stops here. The luck, the luck runs out. I'm gonna say 35-17, uh, Chiefs. Mm. So I like the Chiefs to win. I don't like them to cover. I think seven feels big, right? Yeah. In a conference yeah. championship game, seven feels big. So I like the Chiefs. I like it more of a. Uh, I mean, I was gonna say 34-31, but I think that might be in my head from their last right. match. What you just said. Um, let's call it 38 35. I do think it's going to be that close. I think the Bengals are going to 
be able to get off. If Tommy Badger doesn't play now, we're recording this on Wednesday, by the way. If Tommy yeah. Badger doesn't play, that is enormous because we saw what that Chiefs secondary looked like at the end of the fucking game against Buffalo with Gabe Davis. They obviously <laughs> Buffalo saw something. Yeah. Right. And Cincinnati's gonna be watching tape this week, and they're gonna see something. And they got better receivers than what the fuck the Bills got. But I mean, Frank Clark could wreck this game too. That's another thing. Melvin Ingram. So they they will get heat on Mahomes. That's going to happen. But the Bengals have the ability to run the ball. They got the best running back in the game. I think they got the best wide receiver in the game, too. Uh, as far as the Bengals' defense, <clears throat> they are so hit or miss to me. Yeah. I like Trey Hendrickson. I like mm-hmm. Vaughn Bell. I like the secondary. Eli Apple played last week, Barry. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, he he's gonna get torched. <laughs> he's gonna get oh. torched. Well, no, I'm sure they'll figure. Something. I'm sure he's not gonna be man up on Tyreek Hill. I'm sure that's not gonna happen. Any any corner in the NFL that goes man up on Tyreek Hill is getting torched. That's first thing you do when you play the Chiefs. I think no matter what, is you gotta fucking somehow take away Tyreek Hill running 70 yards down the field. Yeah. I mean, and just going over top of your defense because he. I mean, if you basically if he. It's almost like flag football, where he's going to look at a lot of screws. Like, you see what I'm looking at? They don't have anybody back there. I'm just going <laughs> to run past him here, and we're going to score a touchdown real quick. You see this, right? And Mahomes is like, yeah, we see that. And that's what they do. Yeah. It's freaky. That touchdown Tyreek Hill had last week was freaky. He moved like everybody else is underwater. To be able to run 22 miles an hour while chunking deuces is insane. <laughs> oh, You're not even yeah. using both arms. You're just throwing up deuces. That's That's next-level athleticism. I don't think listen, Cincinnati's obviously had a schedule, right? Yeah. I think we can all agree. Um, I think Kansas City is one of those teams that like they're not gonna be motivated by football games in September and October anymore. They basically want to get to the playoffs and they get motivated to play these games. I do think they will go to the third straight Super Bowl here. Um, Bengals had a hell of a season. They have had, and they could prove me wrong, obviously. They've been proving everybody wrong for a long time. I I I gotta go Chiefs. I gotta go Chiefs here. The Bengals aren't quite there yet, but they are going to be back here at some point. They're I mean, that special. If you march into Arrowhead and win twice, I mean that is that's a tall fucking order. Well the last game was in Cincinnati. Uh was it? I thought it was in yeah. Arrowhead. That was in Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Well, either way, to beat the Chiefs twice and once that's a tall order. And, and there, especially at home now, okay. There could be a point in Joe Burrow's career where he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, 100%. I agree. And I told my buddy this is a Bengals fan. I may have said, I don't know if I said to you, Deontay, two weeks ago, or Drew last week. I've never seen anybody remind me as much as Tom Brady as he does. Um, I mean, the frame, yeah. the skill set, the demeanor, the – I. At this point, irrational confidence. Like, he does not supposed to be doing what he's doing right now. You know what I mean? But you don't know that. And that, 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 we heard about it at Ohio State. We hear rumblings about it here in Columbus, but it just never worked out as far as the timing. And they got your boy, they played your boy Dwayne Haskins instead when Burrow had a broken hand. Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Deontay. Sorry about that, Bob. <laughs> I knew it was a bad pick when they made it. So I wasn't happy. Next up, we have the 49ers. So, so I'm sorry, Deontay, you picked the Bengals, mm-hmm. right? 
and we and we both went uh, Chiefs. Uh, next up, we have the 49ers traveling to SoFi, and what many people say could basically be like a home game for them, because a lot of 49ers fans are buying up tickets, traveling to LA to play the Rams. Uh, Matt Stafford, obviously, was 5,000 yards passing the career on the season. I'm sorry, Elijah Mitchell's leading running back in the game. Cooper Cup, we know what he does. Um, got the Rams minus three and a half. You got the over under set at 46. Uh, we'll switch it up a little bit. Barry, I'm gonna let you go first. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go out here and I listen. I love the Rams. I love that, but some some things, some games are just destined to take place. And the Chiefs take on the San Francisco 49ers. I just there's no other than Tyreek Hill, and and his is in spurts. There is not a more electric player for a team than Debo Samuel. He, I mean, you've seen the the sideline cameras where he's like, "Let's, it's oh, let's get this done. This is it." They get the pick, and he's he takes off for the run touchdown. That's that's it. I mean, his his confidence bleeds out. We talk about with Kareem Hunt with the Browns when mm-hmm. they when they are uh, just it's like they're going in slow motion. And then he fucking's like get something going, and it and it's it just been, sparks everyone. There's been He's, so many times where the Browns were flat, and then you know they bring in Cream Hunt, and all of a sudden, a couple big runs, spiking the ball, screaming, fans yep. getting involved. He's punching offensive linemen, and things are getting wild, and momentum shifts. That's yeah. I, it, it, and, he's one I, of those momentum swinging players. D-O-San and San Francisco has the defense; they have the pass rush to match up with uh, with the Rams, and. I I think uh, San Francisco gets it done. Uh, I will say it's three and a half spread. Um, I and listen, Jimmy G is going to play terrible again mm-hmm. for them to win. Twenty one seventeen. So this is like a very difficult one for me. A Bengals forty nine ers Super Bowl would be insane. Yeah, that would be the third time that shit happened. And three basically different or flows of the or you know what I mean, different leadership all the way around. Well, not so much for the 49ers. They had Walsh twice, but Deontay, I remember the eighty eight Super Bowl, but I'm that old and people were sad <laughs> around people were sad around here. <laughs> uh to me, this is this is so tough. Cause the Rams are gonna get home on Stafford, right? And Stafford he, I tell you what, as great as he can be, as much as I like him, he throws pick sixes like no one I've seen since Carson Palmer in the Bengals days. <laughs> My. And that Andy Dalton. I tell you, them boys, they were great. They, they threw some pick sixes, boy. It was wild every week. Uh, the Rams are built for this. They got the better quarterback. They got the better receiver. Uh, I know that's tough. Cooper Cup, obviously, right now, the most productive receiver in the NFL. Do they have the better defense? Is the Rams defense better than the 49ers, Deontay? Uh, <laughs> I got one. What? Well, I like. I'll just say this before, Dion. I think the Rams are. I think you got Von Miller, Aaron Donald, you got Jalen Ramsey. They they have fucking a top three to five player at 
those skill. I mean, they're there. They're. I mean, if Jimmy Garoppolo fucks up like he did, it, it could turn into a twenty-seven to three again, and there's no coming back. They don't have Tom Brady, dog. And see, that's where. And I to on your defense comment. I think the Rams have a better defense. However, I feel like throughout this season, the Rams will give up more bigger plays than the 49ers defense. Yeah. Now, as for the game, I think the Rams are going to win. And the reason why is I believe that they just have more firepower than the Packers do. And if the like Barry said, if the Rams get out in front, the 49ers cannot catch up. They they need this to be another ugly game. So their defense has to play lights out again, just like they do with Aaron Rodgers. Then that gives them a chance. But if Stafford's got three touchdowns, it's done. Because the, yep. the 49ers aren't going to score 21 points unless Debo's going to put it on their back. But is he? I, I don't know. Wow. I got Rams. So you like. Do you like the Rams? Do you, what, how do you feel about the minus three and a half? They're covering I, that? They're covering. If the Rams win, they're co- I think they win big. And it's going to be a whole story. We're going to see as soon as the game's over with, would the 49ers have done better with Trey Lance in the game? We're going to oh. see it. We're going to see it all over. It's going to be on all the sports shows, everything, oh. because Garoppolo is going to have a bad game. If they lose, oof. How do you feel about the over-under at 46? I'm going to go under. Okay. I like the Rams. I'm with you guys. I do like the Rams a bit of a route. I was going to say 31-17. I like the over. I was going to say over 46. I think they cover. Um, I think Jimmy G is going to play so fucking bad this game. I think Aaron Donald's going to be in his face. Vaughn Miller's going to be in his face. I don't know if Jalen's going to take away Debo. I don't know if he's gonna like a tra- I don't know if he's gonna like travel or what. I think like Diva runs the ball in the backfield and stuff. Ayuk doesn't really scare me. Kittle's a beast. You could put Ramsey on Kittle, actually. And probably make that work. So I think you just have the better quarterback, the better defense, the more productive offense. To me, all signs point to the Rams. Which would be funny because the 49ers have beaten them twice this year. Yeah. Yep. Which is interesting. But they always say, you know, the old cliche, it's very hard to beat a team three times. But me and Barry got a Rams Chiefs Super Bowl. Deontay's got a Rams Bengals Super Bowl. I have the uh, 49ers, Doc. You, I'm sorry, you picked the 49ers? That's, that's my fault. Yep. Chiefs 49ers. Barry's going to be playing Super Gremlin next week, bragging about his pick. Can't wait for that. <laughs> All right, moving on. One last thing before we get off here. Um, Baseball Hall of Fame came out this week. The voting obviously took place. The voting was revealed uh, yesterday. It was Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. you guys' time. David Ortiz, the lone election into the Hall of Fame, received a 77.9% vote share. You got to receive 75 to get in. Barry Bonds received 66. This was his final year on this ballot. He There is another way he can get in. There's like a new name for it, but basically it's like the old veterans committee. Uh, Roger Clemens, 65%. Scott Rowland, 63%, which I thought was kind of weird. Kurt right. Schilling, 58%. Todd Helton, 52%. <laughs> Billy Wagner, 51%. He's obviously experienced a jump. A lot of debate on Andrew Jones, 41%. 
Sheffield's down there. A-Rod, 34%. Manny Ramirez, 28%. Omar Vizquel, 23%. Sammy Sosa, final year on the ballot, 18%. Wow. And now players that receive less than 5% will drop off future ballots. Joe Nathan, Tim Hudson, Deontay, I'm sorry, Tim Lincecum, Ryan Howard, Mark Teixeira, Justin Morneau. Uh, I feel like if he didn't have a concussion issue, he had a, a lot better shot. He was going to have to be more productive. Jonathan Papelbon, Prince Fielder, A.J. Brzezinski, Carl Crawford. He got very rich. And Jake Peavy. They, Carl Crawford and Jake Peavy both had no votes. Uh, <laughs> that's just Jeez. for them. Um, I got a lot to say. I'll start with you, Deontay. Your thoughts on all this mess? Honestly, my thoughts are at this point, the Baseball Hall of Fame is like the WWE Hall of Fame. It doesn't matter. I mean, as long as the pe- as long as the people that are v- make in charge of the voting are voting, it it doesn't matter because a lot of people that deserve to get in aren't going to get in, and it's a shame. It's I mean, it's terrible. It's been the talk all over sports Twitter. I know we've talked about it, and it, it's BS, man. Barry Bonds deserves to be in. Clemens deserves to be in. Sosa deserves to be in. A-Rod at 30-something percent, more than likely when his time comes up, he won't get in when he deserves to be in. There's a lot of guys, Andrew Jones deserves to be in. There's a lot of guys that are not going to get in, and it's a shame. And as as this continues to go on, there's going to be more people that are like myself that just stop paying attention to it. Whenever the it comes every year, who's going to get elected? We're just going to stop paying attention. Because we watch these players be great, so we know... In our minds, they're a Hall of Famer. I'm, I'm always, I know I was there for the latter half of Barry Bonds' career, but I know he's a Hall of Famer. Someone asked me, I'm going to say, of course, he's a Hall of Famer. Seven MVPs, baseball's all-time home run leader, regardless of what you think about that, he is. Uh, batting titles, I mean, he got robbed of a couple more MVPs. I thought he should have won in 2000, debatable, 91. He definitely should have had, should have had eight, so eight MVPs. Um you can't tell the story of baseball without Barry Bonds. I don't believe he's the greatest player I've ever seen in my life. And basically, he got you know, a nice little itch there, Barry. You good there, Don? Just a uh, clogged artery. It's fine. We're good. Cough that out. We'll be fine. <laughs> um, it's, it's Sam Family said it best. You can be a cheater or you can be an asshole, but you can't be both. And this is written on, this is voted on by the Baseball Writers of America, which is fucking ridiculous. David Ortiz did test positive. It came up in the Mitchell Report. He's, David Ortiz is a first ballot Hall of Famer as a DH. Is, I mean, it's, listen, David Ortiz, I'm not, I'm not saying David Ortiz is not a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's, that's going to be my, I mean, obviously the PED thing too. Go back and look at his Minnesota numbers. It's uncanny. Barry Bonds has been a Hall of Famer since 1993. Flat out. And obviously the steroids thing, the only thing people are mad about the steroids thing, obviously Mike Piazza's in there. Jeff Bagwell's in there. Among other, I mean, there's a lot of people. Pudge Rodriguez is in there. Brady Anderson, Rafael Palmeiro. Not Ricky Henderson. No, no, I said Rafael Palmeiro. Rafael Palmeiro's not in the Hall of Fame. No. But to me, like, I mean, the hypocrisy is just runs so deep. And then also in baseball, you understand the steroid era 
pitchers got mad if guys weren't on the gas or on fucking degree or something. They got mad you were playing naked. Right? And GMs and coaches didn't want guys. They would get mad when they'd trade for a guy, and then he would get off the gas when he got there, and he'd become unproductive in their eyes. So the hypocrisy runs so fucking deep here, in my eyes, that Alex Rodriguez is the greatest hitting shortstop the game of baseball has ever fucking seen. And another hot take, Jeter should have moved to second. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, Rob is better, guys. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, Andrew Jones, I hear arguments about. I don't know if I'll consider it. I thought that his drop off after age 30 was a little too much. One of the greatest defensive center fielders ever. And then when he would be very productive in the offense in some contract years. (laughs) (laughs) But I love me some Andrew Jones. Really surprised Scott Rowland got 63% of the votes. That goes to show the respect from baseball writers can have, they got to come up with a new voting system. <laughs> Roger Clemens, to me, that's an interesting debate because Barry Bonds didn't necessarily have like a career resurgence. He just kind of took it to like another level. He went from 49 home runs in 2000 to 73 in 2001. And that was when he came in looking like the Incredible Hulk. Yes. Like, why is your hat size three times bigger? <laughs> right. That type of shit. <clears throat> I thought Kurt, I thought that Roger Clemens fell off. I thought they overworked him in Baltimore, went to Toronto, fell off, got on the gas, took off. Is what I thought happened there. And obviously that happened in another contract year. And they signed by the Yankees, and the motherfucker started winning Cy Youngs in his 40s. So that kind of stuff, I understand it. But again, like Deontay said, it's basically like the WB Hall of Fame. Like it's a fucking, I, I'm going to make somebody mad here. It's a museum. Mm-hmm. And yep. you're telling the story of the history of baseball. And listen, you walk around that hall, you're going to find murderers, rapists, drug pushers, everything in there. A lot of serious accusations. Terrible people in that hall of fame. <laughs> don't, hey, listen, there's people in Detroit who are mad about, who are very happy that Barry Bonds is in the Hall of Fame. And you better happy. not bring up Ty Cobb. And then they're going to go take a picture in front of the Ty Cobb statue to get to a Tigers dare. game. Don't fucking you. don't miss me with all that hypocr- hypocrisy bullshit. I'm sorry. Tommy Jones shout out for playing Ty Cobb and Cobb. It's fucking ridiculous, right? And baseball <laughs> has a real problem on their hands because, and Deontay is the person we want to have on here. Guy in his early 20s, he should be able to tweet and content create about baseball, and he just has no interest now because of what they're doing in the game and their stupid rules and everything they do is fucking wrong. And they're driving fans away. It's the old mentality. It's just like, remember a couple years ago, like when Tim Anderson was coming up, they were getting mad at him the way he'd celebrate home runs. Oh, he threw his bat. We don't like the way he threw his bat. They were getting mad at Tatis, Acuna, all these new guys that got a bunch of swag with them when they play. They get mad at him for it. It's like these are bringing young eyes to the sport. Think about all the new young card collectors that are out buying all the Acunas, Tatis, all these new guys. These are the people you want in your sport, you know? Exactly. And what's going to happen to you here, Deontay, is all that negative shit they're writing about, that is the baseball writers, again, playing their little fickle part. You have unathletic guys who haven't played baseball maybe in their life who just cover the game and have personal agendas when they write articles and when they make these votes. It's ridiculous. 
And that's why Barry Bonds doesn't have eight MVPs. That's why Albert Bell doesn't have the 95 MVP they gave the move on. Go look up those stats after you get off here, Deontay. Look up 1995 Mo Vaughn versus Albert Bell. Look up 1991 Terry Pendleton versus Barry Bonds. And you tell me the baseball writers of America don't have a fucking agenda. Now, what Eric won't tell you, Deontay, and he will not say to our listeners, I will. And those that are listening, because we aren't a video podcast, I'm a white guy. You have a bunch of fucking fat, unathletic fucking pin pushers that are fucking out here uh, literally judging legitimate athletes, no matter skin color, whatever. And you are fucking saying, hey, you're not good enough. You're not good enough to get in the Hall of Fame. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You didn't hear that, Lilybug. Um, see now, see, cut my rant off because she, I can't cuss. That's right. That's yeah, that's right. But <laughs> this is for Gramps too. He brought Lily in, so I quit cussing. <laughs> no, um, you you just have guys that have literally probably never played a sport in his life, and he's out here deciding the fate, the future of a Barry Bonds. Marketing right. director coming in. Sardines <laughs> out again. But she Here decides she the fate of, of the show. You know. But no. You have you have these guys that just literally have no they've maybe played minor league baseball. And they're like, hey, my cousin played softball one year. And you know, Barry Bonds, 762 home runs. Eh, I don't know. But he never failed a test. That's, I mean, now, of course, he did have some cream on him one year. Uh, you know, foreign substance. We don't know. You know, that was some new experimental cream. He was getting massages, but never failed a test. Big Poppy, his was an anonymous deal or whatever. He never tested positive again. And like I said, David Ortiz, to me, is a Hall of Famer. He should have got in. Um, but Barry Bonds is in a... He he has his own wing. And the, like they said, you brought up the Wrestling Hall of Fame where Ric Flair would have his own wing. Barry Bonds would have his own wing in the Hall of Fame. His, how much shit he's done. You can't, like, you can't tell the story of baseball without him. You just can't. Roger Clemens was, for 20 years... Uh, he was a name. He was a. He was there every time he was on the mound. He could beat you. He could throw twenty strikeouts. He could do whatever. And even in his drop off years, he could hit you with a twenty strikeout game. And then, like Eric said, you know, he gets a hold of you know some pills illegally, and then he starts winning Cy Youngs. But those those guys are Hall of Famers, and it's. It's a joke that they're not in, that in my opinion. So Barry Bonds always had a very contentious relationship with the media. Uh, Deontay, I don't know, you've never seen, I'll, I seriously doubt you've ever read this article, but there was a hit piece written in Sports Illustrated, I want to say in 1993, and the cover of the Sports Illustrated, art, of the magazine said, had Barry posing on a bat, kind of leaning on a bat like he did with his legs crossed, said, I'm Barry Bonds and you're not. <laughs> and then the entire article just said, giant hit piece. And Barry can speak to this. When a giant hit piece in Sports Illustrated ran 
in the early 90s, that was big news. Yeah. Big news. So the baseball writers had an agenda against this dude because they'd ask him, Barry, how did you do this? And he would say talent. And things like, you know what I mean? He would answer honestly. I'm fucking great. I was born in William May's my godfather. Bobby Bond's my father. I've been great since the moment I stepped on a fucking baseball. I've been better than everybody else. Every baseball game I've ever played in my life. <laughs> but even then, even in the 90s, there wasn't. You had Griffey Jr. who'd have the hat back. You you had some swag. Give me a fucking break. You, you know what? You want to know one thing real quick? I got a one of me. I'll fucking say it. Barry Bonds is better than Ken Griffey Jr. He just didn't have the fucking Nike ad behind him. Nike ad campaign behind him. Eric, again, is taking this personally. I'm saying what I'm getting ready to say is. Barry were feelers. Yeah, but I'm what I'm getting at Could is. Could he get a shoe deal? Is Griffey Jr.? Had he had the swag, but he never talked out. He didn't brag. Barry Bonds is telling you, motherfucker, I'm good. And those white folks cannot stand that. Even in '93, is this African American guy telling me how great? It's like Ali. Ali was like, motherfucker, yes. I'm a bad man. You're gonna respect me. And Barry Bonds is telling you the same thing on the baseball field. And they fucking could not stand it. And he just kept getting better as the years went by. And that's my opinion. It didn't have nothing to do with Junior or being better. Junior had the swag, but he didn't have the mouth. Barry Bonds had the swag and the mouth. Barry's absolutely right. Like, in that era, in that sport, um, a loud black athlete was not viewed very well. Mm -hmm. They, they They shit on Ricky Henderson. And they shit on Barry Bonds, and it, it was a lot of more of a lot. You hear a lot of uh, why can't you be more like Ken Griffey Jr. and just smile and have fun? Why you be so angry? And things like you know what I mean? Like, and Deontay, you know what I'm talking about. That's that's the shit that was said though, freely and openly in the early '90s. Yep. Right. And Barry also played in San Francisco. He left Pittsburgh. Uh, that was obviously messy. He had the whole. He had a yelling match with Jim Leyland at a, at a uh, spring training one time. I remember that's on tape. That's on YouTube. tape. It was. Yeah. They, 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 you ever seen that, Deontay? No, I need oh, to look that up. It's yeah. beautiful. I'll send it to you tonight. Jim Leyland put him in his place. Jim Leyland was the best manager Barry Bonds had at that point. The manager he needed. Dusty Baker was great for him in San Francisco, mm-hmm. but friends with his dad, friends with his godfather, yeah. who were also very involved. Bobby Bonds was a coach. Yada yada yada. Barry was so great, he was able to do what he wanted. And then he, I loved late season, late career Barry Bonds. When they would bring on like a guy, a bunch of his friends. Remember Vince Coleman was on some of those teams. His super, his World Series in 2002 against the Angels, mm-hmm. unbelievable. The time that Troy Percival actually threw to him, gave him something to hit. They were up like five to one. He's like, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and pitch this guy. Troy Percival's throwing 100, 101, whatever. Throws 100 at the letters. Bonds hits that shit about 520. <laughs> Tim's, you can see Tim saying the mouth of the words. That's the furthest ball I've ever seen hit in my life. Yeah, and it was unbelievable. Never again. I don't know. Maybe we will. They, they. I mean, Sports Center stopped everything. ESPN stopped everything they were doing, just going to his at bats. He got walked with the bases loaded. You're talking the first, the first. I'm sorry, Lily. I'm not here yelling. I'm talking about Barry Bonds. You're talking about in 1990, the first uh, 30, 50 guy, 33 home runs, 52 uh, stolen bases. Stolen bases from the years. Uh, what are we talking about? 80, 
shit. Stolen bases from 90 to 94. You're talking about 52, 53, 39, 29, 29, 31. Every year, 30, 30, 40, 40, every year. The man never hit 50 home runs until 2001. He had a couple 49 home run seasons, 46, 49. But then he hit 73, 46, 45, 45, and it was nuts. Uh, the walk numbers <coughs> alone are insane. He led the lead in walks 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 times including the last two years of his career, he led the league in walks at 41 and 42 years of age. Insane. Unbelievable. And you never – there. I don't know of another player that's ever been intentionally walked with the bases loaded. Rather, they're like, we'll today. give you yeah. a run, but we're not giving you four. That was Buck Showalter. He tells that story very well. And uh, 2002, the year after he hit 73, he hit 46 home runs, 110 RBIs. Um, 198 walks and he hit 370. Now with 198 walks, he only had 400. Well, let me see here. 403 official at bats. I the math is wild. He was only six or eight hits away from hitting 400. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's insane. That's not his highest walk total, by the way. In 2004, his age 39 season, where he won the MVP. He was the silver slugger. He made the all-star game. He hit 362 with 45 home runs, 101 RBIs, and was walked, this is insane, 232 times and only had 373 official at-bats in 617 plate appearances. It goes on like this every fucking year. And they're going to say he ain't a Hall of Famer. Talking about 762 home runs. Uh, just shy of 2,000 RBIs, 298 career average, 2,935 career hits, but he was walked. This is the most in baseball history, 2,558 times. <laughs> Insane. Seven the, MVPs. I mean, it's, the it most goes, feared hitter. The early, most feared hitter in baseball ever. Ever. Early in his career. Uh, there was a lot of uh, doubt on his postseason numbers. A lot of his Pirates postseason numbers were very underwhelming. San Francisco, that really turned around, especially uh, post-1998. I mean, it goes on and on and on with this guy. He has the best baseball reference page in the history of the game. I'm looking at it, I look at it all the time. I'm looking at it right now. It is the best in the history of the game. To me, he's top three. You throw him. You throw Willie Mays. And I believe you throw Hank Aaron, and that's where the discussion starts to me. To me. Sorry, boys. I know I went on a rant there. That's my bad. <laughs> oh, no. Loved it. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the thing about Barry Bonds, I could go on and on and on. There's there's a book written by Jeff Perlman. It's kind of a slam piece. Deontay, if you get your hands on that, it's very good. I can't remember what it's called, but I'll take a picture of it and send it to you later. I have it read a couple times. The, the the guy just had people out for him all the fucking time. His press conferences, if they happened today, would be legendary on social yeah, media. Yeah, he'd be he'd make millions off of just his interviews. He would do a big press conference towards the end of his career. He would do a big press conference before the season started. Like he would arrive at training camp, and that would be he would give the reporters like a half hour, hour, whatever it was, 
and let them ask whatever they want. And he would answer them brutally, honestly. <laughs> I mean, brutally, honestly. To the fact that he was intimidating, he was sultry, he was angry, he was mean, he was condescending, all that. That is why Barry Bonds didn't get in all the fame, not because of steroids. Yep. So, sorry, fellas, I'm out of breath. That's all I got. <laughs> Don't well, say that's way to shout it out. Deontay on Twitter later on the DMs, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, Deontay, thank you so much, dude, for coming on. Um, we want to have you on a lot more, actually. That's something that me and Barry have kind of talked about. I hope that something you'd be into. I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but. We love having you on. I feel like you're uh, you're great on the show, and you add a lot. So thank you so much, man, for coming on. Why don't you go ahead and plug everything once again? All right. I once again appreciate the invite for coming, as always, and uh, be down anytime you want to have me on. Just hit my line, slide into the DMs, and I'll be here. Um, you can for anyone new, you can find me on Twitter at underscore under the knife, and you can find my music shop on Instagram at hollow ground distro uh go get you some rock and metal music awesome barry yeah uh thanks for coming on deontay tell gramps i tried to i tried to keep it you know less cursing tonight but uh, (laughs) yeah i didn't i didn't i couldn't control eric he went wild about barry bombs (laughs) but uh, you can follow me on twitter at bfrost28 eric drop the credentials sir you can follow me at Eric, at Eric Brown 740 but of course, always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching at Doing a Favor. Thank you guys all so much that have listened, rated, reviewed, subscribed, all that good stuff. We thank you guys all so much for your support. We love it. Deontay, thank you once again. We can't wait to have you on again. And I had a blast, man. Thank you guys so much, both of you. Absolutely. And with that, good night and God bless. Yeah. It goes one, two, three into the foe. Erica Barrier up with ETF and that's for show. If you don't come correct, you get your ass full. So take a minute and chill until the next episode. Doing the favor, always bringing the heat. That's why Barry got your girl doing legwork in the sheets. My dude Eric holding down for the streets. Them Ohio players got the ears to the beat. Gotta say that we appreciate the time Whether you're on the job or trying to unwind Just a few more days until we're back live Shit, we'll be your lifeline I know you feel me on the mic with the flavor Let it marinate in something to savor We ball so hard, this is a layoff Until the next time, doing the favor Yeah, doing the favor Doing the favor. Uh, doing the favor. Until next time, doing the favor.